Hello and welcome to the Zero Hanger AFL podcast. My name is Phoenix Trinidad, I'm your host, and I'm joined as always by Chief AFL Editor Mitch Keating. Hey, you going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah. So you were trying to pronounce my name then, but it sounded a bit funny. No, yeah, good. Sorry. Yeah. I, I forget a lot. That's a great start. No. Right. Yep. Right. So we are in the <laughs> thick of it, uh, trade period. That's why we're a little bit off uh, today. Busy, busy. A shaky start because um, it's just a lot going on. We're yes. at the, uh, what did you call it? The trade period launch on yesterday. Monday. Yeah. Yep. Now yep. um, talk to all the list boss. Uh, and there's a lot going on. So let's just get straight into it. So deals so far. Uh, a couple of free agents, Ben Mackay and to- Todd Goldstein, sorry, to Essendon. Yeah, um, done. Looks funny in that jumper. Yeah, they. it's going to be interesting. Mm. Um, well, Goldstein's obviously spent 17 years at North Melbourne. Like, yeah, you're right. Pulls on a on a red sash. It does look very, very different for a 300 gamer. Um, not something that the Ruse fans would want to see. Uh, the Mackay situation, obviously, a bit different. Given that they've pocketed pick three as compensation, mm-hmm. um, I think they're quite happy with with what they're getting in return for him, even though he was you know, still quite well-rated. Essendon happy, North happy. So that's kind of how free agency is supposed to work, although I don't think too many people are pleased with band one compensation for Ben Mackay. Um, then you've got Tom Duday getting band two at pick 19. So he was one of the other, I think, four other moves on top of the two guys that went to, to the Bombers. So yeah, Duday to, to Brisbane and the Crows getting pick 19. Uh, Joel Hamling to Sydney, James Jordan to Sydney and Matt Flynn to, to West Coast from GWS. So the the Giants got pick 40 and the Demons got uh, pick 39 um, yeah, right. for losing Flynn and Jordan respectively. Uh, obviously, those picks have kind of fallen back a little bit in the order given there's more compensation with um, yeah, Mackay coming in and Duday coming, Duday's coming in, but Hamling and Goldstein, no compensation for either of them. So yeah, what's that? Five, six... Uh, free agency deals done as of uh, what midway through Tuesday. Um, so you're only really three or four days into free agency, and there's not really a lot of other deals to come. Mm-hmm. Jay Gresham, they got the other one this year. I feel like yeah, free agency can be pretty straightforward. Just yeah. there's not often too much hesitant hesitancy, um, and the restricted free agents, you know, Adelaide, were going to be happy with Ben too for Duday. Um, you know, North Melbourne wrapped with band, band one for Mackay. So you, you're not going to get too much resistance for those kind of restrictive raids. And Gresham's the only other one. You'd think that's going to be pretty straightforward as well. It's just going to be quite interesting to see what compensation St. Kilda get could get band two. Um, I think more likely maybe a, an end of second round. But I don't think he falls in the category of Flynn and Jordan either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it could be band two and then they get, you know, pick 19, 20, 21 in that, in that kind of range. So just as a quick refresher, what sort of the ranges are we looking at in terms of what's band one, what's band two, what's band three? Well, it's it's called, I think David Noble was the one to coin the term the secret herbs and spices of mm. free agency. It can it can really vary. Um, like no one really knows what's going to get band one um, as a minimum that is. Like if you're offering someone seven-year deal at, you know, at a million a piece, mm. then you're definitely getting band one. But if it's, you know, a four-year deal worth 600 700k like that could be in between maybe um yeah there's there's no i, I don't think there's an actual um grid to kind of map that out the afl might have it's something. not public knowledge no it's not no mm. obviously the afl would have something uh in in mind and, and have a pretty good idea on what's what but with like the cba increase as well it kind of makes things interesting yeah um to see if that how much that gets lifted and that, if that gets lifted with the cba so- which it would have to 
There is a formula that exists somewhere in the in the archives. Of I'd the like AFL. to think it's a straightforward formula, but right. um, but so basically, it all depends on the offer coming. Yes, the to length, the free agent. Yeah, length. Uh, obviously, salary. Uh, there might be other factors uh, with triggers and and kind of bonuses and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, the longer the deal and obviously the more expensive a player is going to be, then the more likely you're going to get band one. So that's how it's that's supposed to work out. Yeah. Basically, I'm just trying to figure out if we can get anything. If the D's can get anything higher than pick 39 for pick 39 for Jordan, You'd t- I think you. T- I think that's what I'm saying. I think GWS and, and Melbourne would be quite happy with that. Everyone should mm. be quite happy with the compensation they're receiving at the moment. Um, hasn't always been, you know, of equal value or of, of greater value than for losing a player. Like you think about what well, Lance Franklin leaving for Sydney, and I think the yep. Hawks got pick 19. But yep. that's because you know they're the best team in the competition and the best compensation you can get is band one which is at mm. the end of your first round pick yeah so when you are the best team in the common you got pick 18 um so yeah so it, it yeah it's it's not the best system at the moment it's a system we've got and um you know it could get tweaked a little bit over time but i don't really know what as the next always. step they'll take yeah yeah all right some herbs and spices to work <laughs> out there at some point so a couple of pick swaps with the dogs and the sun so what did they get there yeah so a total of Four first rounders swapped hands here. So the dogs got their hands on pick four um, and the Suns get picks 10, 17 and the Western Bulldogs is future first. So uh, the deal pretty much to have, uh, well, the dogs get, you know, an early access in the draft. They'll be quite happy with that. They lose 10 and 17, which was, you know, could have gotten swallowed up in a rival's bid for father-son prospect Jordan Croft, who could be a, a you know, around that 10 mark. So that way they can get someone in early and then use their later picks to, to match bids for Jordan Croft instead of, instead of two future, uh, instead of two first round picks. And then uh, the Suns get, yeah, 10, 17 and a future first. So 17, they'll, they, they're likely to hold. 10's likely to get moved on for more pick splitting. Um, and that way they'll, they'll just get even more draft points to try and get those three or four academy kids that they've got coming through. So win-win trade. Some might think that the dogs paid overs, but they're, they're, they're kind of needing to work through, um, yeah, draft plans of their own with with Croft coming in. Um, so, yeah, I think both clubs are pretty happy with with what they've got out of that one. Yep. And the Dockers and the Port, the Port, I always call them the Port instead of the Pair, uh, Dockers and Port also uh, swap picked. Yeah, so uh, this is one that will help Port Adelaide get guys like Asav Radagalia and Brenzerk Thatcher through the door. So they give up their future first round pick, which I think actually still could be a very good pick for Fremantle to have. Um, you know, Port finished like well, 11th last year, certainly came up and, and will be um, right in premiership contention next year, you'd think, but there's every chance that they can fall a bit back down. Not necessarily out of the eight, but could be a nicely priced pick for that Fremantle pick up um, in a year where you've got guys like Tim English, Logan, McDonald coming off contract that they'll be looking at. And Freo gave up uh, a couple of their um, second round picks, uh, both one for this year, one for next year. So look, the, this year's one can already been pushed back, I think, a couple of spots because of compensation. But that could be the pick that gets them Radigalia or, um, or Zerk Thatcher. Um, so that's another one that kind of unlocks more moves. Yep. Um, that's why they, these deals are getting done early. Yeah. Well, staying on port, so uh, Dersma has requested a trade to the Bombers. Yeah. So is it's that going to work? Yeah, Yeah, it's an interesting one because um, he's a name that's always kind of been raised as a, you know, if port don't have the draft capital, yeah. who do you look at? And you look at Victorians and it was him and Ollie Wines that are being raised um, pretty much every time when 
Port get to a bit of a standstill in negotiations. So, and they've kind of said that Ollie Wines will be there next year. So you can probably put a line through him. And and the com- the conversations around Dersma or the the what was being said from Chris Davies this week and last week around Dersma was a bit more open, a bit more, you know, if a player doesn't want to be at the club or want, is happy to explore their options, and the club won't get in their way. So, and that's what's happened here. So he's officially requested a move to Essendon and. Yeah, I think a lot of people think it's probably not what they need, the Bombers, and this is just a kind of piece that will help satisfy a deal with Brandon Zerk Thatcher going the other way, and maybe that is all it is. But I'd like to think that there might have been a plan in place for if they were to get rid of, rid of Dylan Shield and, and move him to St Kilda, which, again, um, doesn't look like it actually might happen. But there was mm-hmm. a, potentially a plan there where you move Nick Martin into the midfield, inside midfield. That's kind of something that they've talked about or, or looked at. Um, over the last 12 or so months about you know, moving him in from the wing and half forward as an inside ball winner. And then you've got Sam Durham and Dersmer on the wings there. Like mm-hmm. they've, they've like Martin and Durham are, I think, arguably the best wing pair. I'm just trying to quick, quickly think. But very, very good young emerging wing pair. Um, but yeah, Martin has said before as well that he's keen to kind of move into the middle. So mm-hmm. that would aid that. And when you've got Shield moving out of that engine room um, and Martin moving in, I think that's kind of a nice little change there. And then Jay Gresham kind of holding a, a half-forward role um, once he makes his move there. So that, that's probably why I didn't mind. The, I don't mind the, the Dersma move, but if it was hinging on Sheil leaving, then they're, maybe they're still – now they're going back to having you know, one too many um, in that midfield group. They've already got plenty coming through. You know, Perkins, Hobbs, and Sardis they've picked up over the last three years with first-round picks uh, on top of Merritt and Parrish – and a few others in there under Brad Scott. So they've got more than enough options in midfield, um, and now it's just a matter of finding out who fits where. But it's good competition, uh, competition yeah. and selection to I have. I still feel like you take Dersmer if you can get him anywhere, right? Like, well, yeah, well, he's thing. had a bit of a down year this year. He's injured, but um, yeah, but there's, there's there's upside there, and I think that's kind of with all of these guys that Essendon are looking at. Maybe Bar Goldstein is that there is upside, but it, we spoke about this probably a fortnight ago. It can re- it can re- easily go the other way mm. if they can get the best out of these guys. That's that's going to be fantastic for them and it will have an immediate impact. But at the same time, you've got Ben McKay on a six-year deal who many think, you know, still probably isn't one that you'd be putting to a, to a contract like that. Gresham similar. I think many thought by now he'd be playing like he was three, four years ago as one of the better smaller framed forwards. Um, and Dersman, yeah, still has some upside. You know, he's only drafted a couple of years ago. Um so, yeah, it would be interesting to see how each of them perform. But, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they bring Dozmer in for Brandon Zirk Thatcher, who you know, they conceded is on the way out. And yeah. At best, might have got a pick 25, pick 30 range for him. So, I think they might have to package something along with Zirk Thatcher to get Dozmer, given he's probably even great, more well-rated and, and he's contracted. So, it's going to be interesting to see how it, all those negotiations play out over the next week. Yeah, it will be interesting. So, if he goes there, I think one of my criticisms of Essendon in general has been they haven't gotten the best out of um, their midfielders. Like, you know, Parrish, Merritt, um, they're all – they're great players, but I just, I just – they haven't really blown the competition away. Yeah, so I think – Compared to other mids. And it's kind of maybe it's it is it's it could be you know part of the system. I I really rate Zach Merritt. I think Parrish has a lot to offer, and those two kind of complement each other quite well. Like Merritt's last two to three seasons has been solid, but maybe it is support. Like Parrish's twenty twenty one season was stellar. Twenty twenty two maybe fell off a little bit, and then mm. this year I think he came back as one of the best clearance players. But they both have knocks on them 
whether it's disposal use or you know overall impact and, and game winning yeah. ability but i don't think like not every midfield has to be a game winner yeah. uh, i think they've kind of got these good pieces and maybe they can find something in a archie perkins or elijah sardis as that third piece um, but they've got more than enough midfielders to that they should be well well placed for a finals run next year or the year after. Yeah, I was coming like the doggies where they had um, too many midfielders yeah. and they had to move some on. So, all right, speaking of moving on, let's go uh, sort of back to Ben Mackay. So what are North's options in terms of replacing Mackay? Yes, yeah, so we heard from Brady Rawlings on Monday um, about what they're going to try and do and whether that's look internally, which they think they might have options to kind of fill his – um, fill in his role down back. Um, you know, they look at the draft. They're obviously loaded with draft picks. Um, and then there are some, maybe three available key forwards in that first top 15 picks. Um, and then you, and then to listed free agency or experienced talent. So they said if they see experienced talent that is potentially available to them that they see as best 22 players, then then they'll strongly consider it. Nick Haynes was actually one name that was put to Rawlings on Monday. He said they, while they probably hadn't thought about him exactly, that um, could be one to consider. You know, Gio West um, might be ready to move him on and move a pick with him, given he's got a reportedly significant salary uh, price tag for next season. Mm -hmm. Um, So that could be an option for them if they want experience, if they want someone that can kind of um, have an immediate impact. Um, then Nick Haynes could be one to consider. To list of free agency, so Rawlings also confirmed that Toby Pink, so a former Sydney Swans <coughs> listed player, um, he was actually on North Melbourne's VFL books ahead of the 2020 season, then COVID hit, and then he made his way back to, to South Australia since playing with Glenelg, was in the sample team of the season this year, and they've, they've really rated him. So it sounds like he'll he he's probably going to be um, landing on North Melbourne's list through um, – Maybe the rookie draft, they've obviously got a few extra rookie spots um, given to them by the AFL, so that could be one means, or they bring him on over the SSP period over summer and actually trial him um, and in preseason training before making a decision. But yeah, Toby Pink is one that could be of interest. A few other like dealers free agency is another mechanism they could be looking at. Um, you know, like someone like James Stewart was delisted from the Bombers. He actually had a deal uh, for next year, but they've decided they've just moved him on and paid out that contract. So he's another one hundred. He's like one hundred ninety-seven centimeters. He has experience. He's going to come cheap. I don't know if he'll get another look, but um, yeah, there was certainly some options for. And, and Rawlings kind of spoken on Monday, which you can actually we've got those videos on our YouTube page. Um, so yeah, if you're watching or listening, you can look at um, or kind of look into all the discussions that Rawlings kind of went through in their trade period plans. But yeah, they've certainly got avenues to to go down. Not that they're going to find, I think, a, a clear replacement for Ben Mackay. But um, yeah, I think it, maybe if you look at the national draft, um, you know, if, they, if Dan Curtin's a, right in their sights with either picks two or, two or three, or if they get pick one um, and manage to keep pick three, maybe. But yeah, he's either going to be at West Coast or North Melbourne, you'd think, um, for next year. And then other guys like Connor O'Sullivan's like a late top 10 pick, you know, pick 8, 9, 10 range. Ollie Murphy from Sandringham Dragons is another one that um, they could consider. Um, and the, the other one's Will McKay, but he's Hawthorne father's son. Not that that's locked in yet, but he's probably that fourth key defender in the in the first round that clubs would be considering. But yeah, he's likely to end up at the Hawks given they've got priority access. Yeah, a lot of um, some big shoes to fill. Uh, I like the name of Toby Pink. It's a couple of good Tobys going around the AFL, and it's just a it's just a great footy name, you know. 
All right, so moving on, we've got... Uh, you've taken a little bit of a look behind uh, the Hawks' move for Josh Weddle. So they gave up a lot in last year's draft to get access to Josh Weddle. So what did they actually give up to get him? Yeah, so uh, it was on draft night. So live, live trading something they've brought in over the last couple of years um, where clubs can obviously shift the hand they've got. So it was the first night of last year's draft. So jumping back into the first round, they picked up you know, Cam McKenzie at pick seven and then pick 18 on the clock, um, Sydney, um, the Hawk. And they had actually met, forced two bids. I think they forced GWS to pick up Harry Rouston, forced Adelaide to pick up Max Michelani. And then they actually ended up trading the bid. So they kind of just stumped over two clubs and then got out of there. So the Hawks, to get pick 18 and then access to Josh Weddle, they gave up pick 27 last year. And then they also gave up their future second, which I think is currently about pick 25. That could push back even more. And pick 46. So those later two picks for this year's draft and then pick 27 for last year's draft to get pick 18. So three picks for one where you know, two of those selections are only you know within the 10 picks after it and then a later third round pick so three picks to to get their hands on josh weddle um and it's paying dividends so far so after one year you know 11 months on um he played 17 games made his debut in round seven and played every game after that really put his name on the map uh in just his fourth game had 28 and two goals uh, against west coast and that's where he got his rising star nomination um but yeah they're, they're at, they'd be absolutely wrapped with that decision um and we've actually um I think, you know, looking at those trade gambles and trying to get back into the first round if you've already used a pick or if you don't have a pick and getting in there hasn't happened all too much. Geelong did it with Max Holmes and that's another one that's probably paid off quite nicely. So when clubs know exactly why they, they want to make these or take these gambles and and um, you see moves like this one for Weddle pay off, then um, that's super. And uh, yeah, this is what uh, I guess Mark McKenzie had to say on Monday about making that trade 11 months on. Yeah, Josh was fantastic for us this year. I mean, obviously a bit more of a mature body who can play different positions. And uh, I think the trade where we got a future second last year actually provided that ability to come back in and still have a second pick for this year, a second round pick. So um, Josh, once he got to the team, it didn't look like he was coming out and really started his career early. And again, he could be someone that moves up to the wing or stays down back and play different roles for us. So um, definitely happy with what Josh has been able to produce. And, and, for the move that we, we wanted, we wanted to be aggressive, um, and we saw Josh was still there at the table and was willing to make that move to get up again. Yep, interesting stuff. So you can listen to the full Mark McKenzie presser on our YouTube channel. We've also got all the other 17 uh, presses from yesterday's trade uh, trade period launch on our YouTube channel. Um, we've made a new playlist for all the AFL trade stuff. Um, and obviously we've got a, our trade hub on zerohanger.com as well, where we're just tracking all the ins and outs and everything happening in trade period. So uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this uh, today's podcast. We'll have another one in later in the week. There's just so much to get through, a lot of moving parts in trade period. Just uh, yeah, yeah, look can change quite quickly. Yeah, so. yeah. By the time this probably gets out, it might even change. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we just got to keep our heads screwed on. Uh, so. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also, this is also a podcast. If you're listening to on a podcast, you can uh, subscribe. We're on every podcast platform. Uh, thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Phoenix. Cool. And you can catch all the latest AFL news at zerohanger.com, the number one independent AFL news source. See ya. See ya.